You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Opened their new building there on Cooper Road, and we're happy for them and this uh, amazing church that we are partnered with, and so uh, we celebrate with them tonight. I want our ushers to come at this time. We're going to receive our Sunday tithe and offering, and if you're able to give a special offering towards the revival, I encourage you to do that this week. If you give online, normally you can do that online as well. And uh, we're uh, continuing our series on the names, names of God, and that continues uh, this coming Wednesday, Growth University as well. Uh, we will be uh, getting ready for, we're pointing our attention towards, everybody say Super Team Sunday. See a lot of Bengals gear tonight. I don't know if the Bengals are going to. Be a part of Super Team Sunday. I, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just making a general statement. Um, but um, I know next Sunday we'll have a special service at 6:30 next Sunday night. Looking forward to that. Just kidding. Just kidding. If you don't know, the Bengals are playing next Sunday night at 6:30. But uh, I am grateful for the friendship, the partnership and leadership of our friends, David and Jody Bryan. They have been uh, longtime friends now here uh, with us and uh, pastored here in Cincinnati for a number of years, uh, but have stayed connected to us here at the Calvary Church in a variety of ways. Um, His Ministry is very diverse, multifaceted, and uh, is anointed, and I thank him for just being who he is in the body of Christ. Uh, He doesn't feel pressured to be anything but himself, uh, and uh, that means uh, the world to me. Uh, You've ministered in song to us. You've helped us in a variety of events that we've had. Uh, You've led different aspects to our church, and uh, I just uh, value his friendship, and I value his voice in our church. Recently, they had the Calvary Academy down there to their farm in the Nashville area, and they uh, had the secondary group there, and they just ministered to them for several days and sung songs by the fire and just enjoyed a time. And and to me, that just, again, speaks to their character, speaks to who they are. They just love people, and they have found it in their heart to open their hearts to us. And uh, I know that he's come this weekend. He spoke Friday at Purpose Institute, and uh, he uh, has a word from the Lord for us tonight. And so I'm going to invite him to come. Would you give a warm welcome to our evangelist, David Bryan? God bless you. You may be seated this evening on this wonderful Christmas evening, or I mean January evening. We 
woke up this morning in the comfort of our hotel room and thank you for your hospitality. Woke up there in the comfort of our hotel room and stayed there in the comfort of our hotel room. I looked at all that wonderful snow and thought, wow, that looks so neat to play in, but better to watch. And so, gratefully, the roads cleared up and, and the saints have showed up. So, we're ready for church tonight. Before I speak, I have asked Zeke to share for a moment something that God had laid upon him. So, if you do not mind indulging for just a moment, Ezekiel. The Bible says that the weapons we fight are in this world, they are not of this world, but they are heavenly weapons made for a spiritual battle. Too many people are getting caught up in battles in this world, political battles, racial battles, and physical battles. And all the while, people are fighting without realizing that these kind of battles can never be won because these worldly battles are just distractions. But the real battle is one of the soul, and there was a man who knew this battle of the soul, and he knew the spiritual war. His name was Eleazar, and he was alone, left with his friend in a battlefield, left to fight a thousand men by himself. It looked like his death sentence there. But he grabbed his sword and said, by the living Lord, I won't die today because no weapon formed against me will prosper. Right. He grabbed that sword and he fought so long and so hard that when he finally got back to camp, his hand was gripped to that sword so hard that the muscles in it, his hand froze to it. It took three soldiers to pry his hand off of his sword. And he killed with his friend a thousand soldiers. Verses two. And the Lord is my, and he said that the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Good job. Good job. I have Ezekiel and Landon with me this weekend. We're grateful. And, uh, of course, my wife and, and the rest of the, the ministry team is back uh, at the house working and preparing for other projects and ministry projects that we're working on in the coming weeks. And we're so thankful for that. And, and it was really a pleasure to have uh, Calvary come and to be with us and spend some time with us on the farm. Uh, we call it Victory Branch Farm. This is where we uh, host events, not only uh, group and team leadership development events, but other uh, what we would call uh, team building events, comfort care with some of the critters on the farm. There are other critters just than us. And uh, so we, we host various events there and propose to do so as we continue this year, we are beginning to build out on what will be our event center, and that's where we will be hosting some events for a lot of the leaders and some of the uh, 
uh, individual leaders that will come to us with our counseling and ministry strengthening program as well. So a lot of great things that we're involved with, not only nationally uh, with some of our national spiritual leaders, but internationally as well with some of our missions. And uh, we're really excited about this year. We get to re-enter our India program after a three-year shutdown. And so we are preparing for that in the month of May. That's our National Student Ministries program in, in uh, South India. So we're excited about that. And, of course, the relaunch of that ministry. Uh, you'll be hearing more about that just so that you can pray with us as we continue to move forward. In the lobby on your way out, you'll see a table there with some farm product. And the gentleman will be there if you purchase that product tonight. Number one, we will not have to take it back to the house. Number two, you will be able to support our efforts as we continue uh, there in ministry on Victory Branch Farm as well as with some of our uh, international ministry this year. So stop by the table and uh, check out some of our goat product uh, for this year. You might have a significant other that you might want to purchase something for. So make sure you stop and see us on the way out. That aside, thank you for being friends to us. And thank you for allowing us to partner together in ministry. And thank you for being here this afternoon. We could be doing a lot of things. They're already winning, so don't worry about that. Let's just move forward. Uh, we, we could be doing a lot of things uh, yet this afternoon, but we are here for a specific reason. I love my friend and his wife and uh, their family, your leadership, and, and so thankful. And Sister Prophet, thank you uh, for your help as well. And the ministry team had a great time with our uh, Purpose Institute session on Friday night. Just so grateful for what God is doing through Calvary. In this city, in this region, I'm so excited about it. I have a word from the Lord. I want you to pray, and I want just to take a moment, and let's ask the Lord to empower us. We can sit through a service, and we learn how to do that as church folks. But to be infused and empowered to actually hear what the Spirit is saying, that's a different level altogether. And I, I challenge you for the next few moments. I want us to pray and say, God... Make me hear what I would otherwise miss just sitting here. Tune me to frequency divine over the next few moments. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for this great people. We thank you for this great opportunity. We ask you right now, Lord, that you would open our hearts, that you would help us to hear your voice, that you would change us by that voice, that you would break shackles and habits and ideas that would uh, keep us from hearing what you want to impart into us this afternoon. I take authority over every other spirit that is operating. I take authority over every mentality that had influenced and command that peace be still in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for opening the heavens over us for your great grace and your great mercy in Jesus' name. Name Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. I mean, let's just shout for just a moment and let hell know we're not wasting an afternoon. 
No, sir. No, ma'am. Come on, somebody. It was June 5th, 1940, Mr. Sir Winston Churchill before the British Parliament and, of course, their national and other national military leaders. It was then that the world had been plunged into what one writer called utter darkness as the powerful tyrant was pressing upon Europe and the world. The French army had been weakened. The Belgian army had been completely lost. The Allied fortified lawn, uh, line had gone and valuable mining camps and districts fell under enemy possession and ports that were critical had all fallen into the enemy's hand. Britain was on the eve of annihilation and life as they had once known it was going to be changing very quickly. The nations surrounding them were crumbling, and it was a harsh reality that the United Kingdom would be next. And it was then, at that moment, that Sir Winston Churchill delivered a speech that many of the leaders had supposed to be the final speech of what had been Great Britain. This speech, however, became a turning point, not only in the nation but in the war. And I want to read just an excerpt from this so that you can feel the essence, the energy of the moment. Sir Winston Churchill said the following, I have in full confidence decided that if all of their duty, if nothing is neglected, if the best arrangements are made, and they are being made, we will prove ourselves once again to be able to defend our home island and to ride out this storm of war and outlive the menace of tyranny. If necessary for years, if necessary alone. At any rate, that's what we're going to try to do. He continues onward and says, We will go on to the end. We'll fight in France. We'll fight on the seas and the oceans. We'll fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air and defend our island. Whatever the cost may be, we will fight on the beaches. We will fight on the land and ground. We will fight in the fields and in the street. We'll fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And even if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, and then our empire beyond the seas, they will come and rescue us and carry us through the struggle until in God's good time the new world with all of its power and might steps forth to rescue and liberate the old. This one line turned the tide and set men and women to their feet again. We shall never surrender. I fell on this speech the other day, and it impressed upon me a word for this church house, for this moment, and for this ministry. And when I say ministry, I'm not just talking about what we're doing in the church, but I'm talking about your lives, your family, your home. And, and something that you have walked into over the last several weeks moving into this year, and there has been some ferocious pushback from the gates of the adversary. 
in spiritual terms, we would call it retribution. In other words, hell is upset because evidently y'all have been moving into some turf that used to belong to him and he's having to let go. So I would like to just speak the word into the atmosphere. We shall never surrender. These are not the words that your enemy was hoping to hear. These are not the words that the enemy of the soul had hoped for. Daniel, the great prophet, saw into uh, what the Bible would call the time of the end and noted that the work of the adversary was to try to wear out the saints of God. But we shall never surrender. I have come to summon the words of the great prophets and the kingdom of God. And I know you're looking at situations and frustrations and wondering how we're going to get through and what will breakthrough look like and when will it come. And I'm looking for a breakthrough and the enemy's been laughing in your face. But I can hear old praying mama singing that old church song like they used to sing when they used to get up saying, I don't feel no haste time. Come too far from where I started from. Anybody ever heard that song? Y'all look at me like, wow. He knows that song. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Good choir song. Hell didn't want to hear that. Hell wanted to. Man, y'all should have just canceled service tonight. Looked like the day was over anyhow. Well, God had an appointment for me. And I don't feel no ways tired. I'm getting back up to hell's dismay. And I can declare it with assurance. And I've come to tell hell and all of its forces that had a grip. I don't feel no ways tired. And I shall never surrender. Say it with me. I ain't giving up. I ain't backing up. I ain't shutting up. I ain't sitting down. We're getting ready for one of the biggest pushes in the spirit world that this church has ever seen. And it doesn't look like it. It looks like the opposite of it. I want to drop this word in the atmosphere and let you know you are an inch away from your miracle. And you've got to develop this mentality and you've got to speak it into the atmosphere. I shall never surrender. I'm finna get my health back. I'm finna get my family back. I'm finna get my jaw back. I'm finna get my shout back. I'm finna get my deliver. I wish I could get somebody on this afternoon to shout unto God and thank Him. To the dismay of the adversary, hell does not have a surrender plan in action. As a matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews said, We are not of them that ever draw back, but believe unto the saving of the soul. We ain't the kind of folk that turn around. We ain't the kind of folk that back down. There's no backup plans in the military might. If you plan on taking this land for God's kingdom, then you don't have a plan to fail. You don't have a plan to turn. Like, what do we do if it doesn't work out right? What are you talking about? Your daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What do we do if the check doesn't fall? Your daddy knows exactly what's going 
going on. We don't have a plan to shut this thing down. We've got a plan to be a part of a church and a victorious church. I wish I could get some praying mama right now. You've been praying for your lost son and I'm telling you God's fixing to send him into this altar and he's going to be praying through. You ought to thank God for it right now and say I shall never surrender. No backup plans in the kingdom of heaven. Hell will stop at nothing to try to discourage and intimidate and frustrate and employ people that would just get on your everlast loving nerves. You don't have them in this part of the world, but they have them in some places. When you look at God's story of redemption, if you read this book, as a matter of fact, if you study the ancient language, you'll find it is written in cadence so that they could recite without word. It's written in a certain cadence, but this cadence also has a movement. And the movement is always forward. Never backward. It's always forward. Genesis is written with revelation in mind. You understand the beginning has the end in mind. This is Alpha Omega. This is his encompassing plan. It has a movement. It has a direction. Amazing. There are no backup plans. When at a service one time we were working in uh, South Crimea and uh, the translator there that was working with me, she was a sweet lady, but she was a non-believer. And, and the Lord told me, that day you're going to preach about healing. How wonderful to have a translator that doesn't believe God or in healing. And we're going to work together. It's wonderful. And uh, we prayed together, but I was told that she would be cool and that she had she was somewhat of a believer. But as I'm up there ministering, we find out she ain't. And uh, I begin to talk about what the Lord could do and, and read scriptural examples of God's healing power. And she stops interpretation and she says, uh, my brother. Uh, excuse me please uh, we don't believe this and for a second I thought well then I better find something else to preach about <laughs> they don't believe this we've got to find somewhere to make a connection and then the Holy Ghost just said hey 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 hey, wait a minute you, you come out it was a theater full of people and I said well just follow me darling and so we started reading a few more scripture, and she interrupts again. We don't believe this. I, and, and she turns to me in front of all these people, and now we're having a conversation. All y'all married folk know what that means. We're having a conversation, intense. And she said, I told you we don't believe this. And I just looked at her, I said, I don't know what else to say. This is what I believe. So if you will just reiterate what I'm saying... And she said, well, I, there are not interpretations for it. Well, then I got upset. I said, There's not, you, you're not going to find an interpretation for it. Well, the Holy Ghost is going to find an interpretation for it. So I just began to quote scriptures on God's healing power. And then I began to prophesy. 
God would do this and God would do that. The same God, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, open blinded eyes. And while I'm talking, there was a boy in front of us. He was deaf. He was nine years old and his ears popped open. And, and his, his mother, she's weeping and she's waving. Something has happened right here. And then the next minute over, pow, so God touched somebody else and healed them miraculously. And they jumped up. And, and she looked at me and said, what's happening? I said, what are you talking about, what's happening, darling? What's happening is what we've been talking about in this book for the last few minutes. We don't have a backup plan for what if people don't believe. We don't have a backup plan for what, what, what if they don't, what if we pray and nothing happens? Don't you hate it when hell talks to you like that? You're praying. What are you going to do if it doesn't happen? In prayer, and you're trying to get before God. I'm praying one day, and I was in consecration. That's all I could hear, and the enemy was saying, Oh, what you're saying, all this big stuff. What are you going to do if it doesn't happen? And I stood up, and I said out loud to him, what are you going to do if it does? I, I'm not in charge of whether it does or doesn't happen, but he is. And if he prompts me to pray it, something's fixing to happen, and you must be nervous. So let me just talk to you for a minute. What are you going to do if it does happen? We don't have backup plans for what God is fixing to do. The prophet Balaam, a powerful prophet in ancient history, was employed by the enemies of Israel to prophesy against Israel. He tried on a few occasions because he was gifted, although not in direct submission to God. He had a gift. And he tried on a few occasions, but every time that he would go to the camp where all of Israel was camped, and he'd open his mouth to prophesy, the only thing he could do, not against them, was to bless them. He went back to the guy that hired him, and he said, I'm sorry, it's just not working. So the guy that hired him said, I hired you to curse Israel. He said, well, I've tried. I went to everywhere in the camp. He said, well, let me take you to the backside of the camp. Go on the backside, because he knew the backside of the camp of Israel, that's where all the infirmed people and all the weak folk and all the nobodies camp out. Go there. Go there. Go, go to their past. Because you can always pull something out of the back end of what that, that what's going on there. And it will always look worse than what's on the front side. Go, go to the past and, and try to intimidate them there. Go, go to the back side of it and see what kind of garbage you can dig up there. And so the prophet went to the back parts of Israel and opened his mouth. And he said, look what God has done. And blessed them again. Why did this happen? This is God's pattern to let the adversary know you cannot even go to the weakest parts of their past and work against them because I'm not in the past. I'm in the future. We're moving forward and we will never, never, never surrender. Abraham was shown on Mount Moriah when it looked like it would cost his son. A ram behind him caught in the thicket. God said, I'll take care of your past. You just get ready to move to the future. The Bible said he turned and looked behind him. 
Why behind him? Because God did to secure and let him know. You got too much to worry about moving ahead to get caught up with what's behind you. You got to get it in your mind. Never surrender. True warriors don't have plans for retreat. True warriors plan on moving ahead. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none else give, still I will give. Though none else make it, somehow I made it. Somehow I made it. Somehow I'm going to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus for whom I suffered the loss of all things. Shall never, we shall never surrender. This is not just an encouraging word. I need to drop this into the atmosphere because it's too easy to get discouraged. Y'all have been through so much. You have depressed and you've gone so far over the last couple of years and and God has really this is not ideas that your ministry team has this is vision we're moving somewhere but y'all have been pressing into these arenas and breaking powers that have controlled areas and neighborhoods and families you're breaking them you don't realize it because you're just doing your thing from day to day but God is using you even through the teaching and the things that I've done to school you're breaking generational curses and mentalities and y'all thought it just becomes weary and from day in and day out then get together from weekend to week out and trying to do this and trying to get so tiring and you're weary in your spirit and the adversary is trying to take advantage of you and God said I need you to speak this word in the atmosphere because it is not just encouraging it is prophetic never surrender never surrender you don't cave in and you don't back down you take your last summon ounce of strength and you go on anyhow you take your last summon ounce of strength and you shout anyhow you take your last dollar and you give anyhow oh I wish I could get somebody just to give God praise come on let's just shout just a moment and thank him Come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. Oh, I had the old time drum, but I don't believe it brought me this far. I don't believe to leave me. I ain't James Cleveland. But I feel it. He had love for you just to back down. Let me, let me just share Genesis 12. The Lord appeared to Abram. He said, I'm going to give you this land. And he unfolds the promise. And Abram built an altar there to the Lord. The Lord appeared to him. And he moved from there on to the east of Bethel and pitched a tent there, having Bethel on one side, Ai on the other side. And he built an altar there to the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Here he was, Bethel, the things of heaven in front of him, 
Ai, which means a garbage dump, behind him. And Abram said, I'll build an altar here and then move on. You see, you have a choice tonight to hear the voice of God and move on into the greater things of God. Or you can sit back and head toward the garbage dump and think about all your failures and think, well, I get, we thought it was going to happen, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Poor little old us. Or you say, I'm going to build an altar here. You ever notice in Scripture that everybody that builds an altar, not only do they confirm the voice of God, they open doorways for God to begin to work. You watch, you watch any promise unfold and there's an altar connected to it. Amen. You watch advancement and there is a prayer altar so Abram understands real clearly what he has in view I'm going one of two directions and I'm going to make it up right now I'm going forward I shall never surrender see when we enter the call of God we don't enter for things to end up in a trash heap we enter this thing for things to become a miracle for things to become the honor and the glory of God. Yes. And so God says on this night, like He says to Abram, in front of you I have placed this. Behind you, there's some other things you can contend with if you want to get caught up with them. But now, you can build an altar and make a determination. And it was at that altar where the covenant stuck, if I could use the terminology. It was the altar that affirmed and confirmed the voice of God and the work of God. And it will be the altar tonight that confirms the reason this church is here and the reason you're in it. It will be the altar tonight in the next few moments that will confirm why you've been going through what you're going through and what God's fixing to do in your life. Some of y'all have had adversaries pressing so vehemently on you, you're not even sure whether you ought to stay in church or not. Some of y'all have been so overwhelmed emotionally that you've had to try to find a corner to survive in or at least try. And the Holy Ghost said, you tell them, never surrender. You tell them to get up and pray up and declare that they are a child of God and they're not just going to barely make it, but they're going to be an overcomer and more than an overcomer through him that loved them. Got a choice to make and I'm planting my feet deep. Never surrender. Can't have my joy. You cannot have the promises that God spoke over me. There may be some dark moments in life history, but you cannot have the promises that God spoke over me. You cannot have the promises that God spoke over this church. You cannot have the promises that God has spoken over this region. You cannot have it. We've got to rise to the call of God today and make the declaration. I'm going to be a part of that church. I'm going to be a victorious member of the army of the living God. Scripture that I read to you there in the book of Genesis not only says in chapter 12 that 
Abram had a decision to make and was heading somewhere, but that he was living in a land that had succumbed to famine and division. So the, the climate was not conducive to his encouragement. But despite everything that's going on, you don't read Abram saying, oh, it's just so awful. You see God meeting with him, and you see him making his choice. And his choice being Godward, God begins to bless him. But he's not confused by the environment around him. There's famine, but famine does not determine Abram's victory. There's war, but enemies do not determine Abram's victory or his character. Even the scripture said there were enemies of Israel camped about him. And that still did not dissuade. Abram went on anyhow. Never surrender. See, success as a Christian has very little to do with that one time God touched you. But a whole lot to do with the fact that you're still here. Jesus said, he that endures to the end. Those are the ones. The ones marching on anyhow. The ones that say, we're not surrendering. Look at us. It's Sunday night and it's snowing like crazy out there in the world. But we ain't surrendering. We're going to heat this building up white hot under the power of the Holy Ghost. If for nothing else, to make the declaration, we will not surrender. We believe in what God has spoken to us. We believe in what God has promised. We believe, I know that we like projects to move along and situations to move along a little bit quicker than sometimes that they do. But that's just a part of the process that does not have any influence on the promise. Are you hearing me? So you've got to understand this. You've got to make it up in your mind. Well, what if we do if this doesn't work out what are you talking about i was in a meeting one time and uh if i've told this story before does act like it was the first time you heard it and be excited but we were at this meeting and uh, it was a, one of the first times that i got to speak at a national conference so i'm all ready and and uh and excited and so i, I had a word for the lord we get to the building and a big storm hit and the lights went out and the rain flooded the streets, and so the board, the district board, is there. And immediately they're getting together, not that they're being carnal, they're being preparatory. They're, they're trying to make secondary plans. What shall we do? What will be the plan B? I got sucked right into it. I'm scared of storms anyway. So I went to the, to the meeting. We, hey, the electricity's out. The roof is leaking in several places in this big auditorium. We really need a backup plan. So there we were, backup plan, let's vote on this, let's vote on that. And unfortunately, I just wasn't like in tune for the moment. I made, and I, what I was thinking about, except I was a little bit taken back by all the while that was going on. Well, what's our backup plan going to be? And there was an old minister there, he's a prophet. And he was sat on the board, but he just kind of stood in the back and didn't say anything. And everybody went around, we think we ought to move it to such a day. We think we ought to do this. We think we ought to do that. And uh, they come around to him said, uh, Brother, what, what do you think? And he, you know, he had prophet's eyes. What are prophet's eyes? They look like John Wayne. That's what they look like. <laughs> and he steps out of the shadow into the circle. And he said, what do I think? 
I'll tell you exactly what I think. Do you think God brought us all the way out here because he didn't know there was a storm? He went around a circle to these board members. Do you think God didn't know what we're walking into tonight? Do you think God has a plan B? And he looks at me, Brother Brian, does God have a plan B? And I'm like, eh. Is that a trick question? He said, well, I don't think God has a plan B. He said, I think, and they said, well, Brother with all due respect, the lights are out, the ceiling's leaking, there's water. Somebody could slip and fall. He said, they could. They could slip and fall. There's a lot of bad that could happen here tonight. There's also a lot of God that could happen here tonight. Well, we have no lights. He said, get your cell phone out. Shine it toward the stage area. I'm going to get up and say something. And, and so we're like, well, and you could tell they were like, just indulge him. He's weird. And so they let him get up. And it's so dark. You could hear rustling around, but you couldn't really see what was going on. But they shined, and he's hollered out, and he said, God brought us here tonight, and whoever's here tonight, you're here because God made you an appointment, and whatever you need, it's getting ready to happen. And as he began to speak, the lights came on. The lights came on, and the auditorium is quite full of people. Next thing you know, a lady jumps up out of her wheelchair and takes off running. Im immediately, miraculously healed. Next thing you know, another fella, he was on crutches. He took off and he just starts running around. And then rows and rows of people that had never been involved with Pentecost before. Suddenly, they're moved by the power of God. And there's the old prophet with the I told you so look in his eye. God doesn't have a backup plan. And so us, along with the other ministry team members, we took our time in the altar for prayer and watched a modern-day miracle happen because God doesn't have backup plans. And you got to get it in your spirit. I, I'm not backing down. I have a lot to lose if I come up to the altar and pray about what I've got to pray about tonight, but I'm never going to surrender. I'm going to do it anyhow. I've got a lot to lose potentially in relationships and, and world and in the way that people think about me. But I shall never surrender. I'm going on anyhow. I wish somebody would just say that right now. I'm just going on anyhow. Just indulge just, just a moment more if that's all right, Pastor. I, 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 I want us to press into supernatural here for just a moment because we are not the church that backs up. We're the church that got back up. Rejoice not against me, my enemy. When I fall, say when. when. It's not a matter if, it's when, because God knows you. He knows me. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm getting back up out of this mess, and I shall never surrender. I'm getting back up out of whatever it was, and I am moving on forward into the will of God. I'm going like Abram. I'm going on despite what's going on in this world around me. I'm moving onward into the kingdom of God and His plans for my life. Give me a generation of people who will go on despite... Not a bunch of these cowards who sit down now and they're so absorbed with the spirit of the atmosphere, so worried about who they might offend, so worried about, well, well we have to use wisdom. But since when did wisdom turn to utter stupidity? 
I mean, I understand being careful, but I have seen people now become recklessly ignorant. There are some moments where you got to walk out and not know what's going on. Because, honey, God doesn't owe you an explanation. He only owes you Calvary. There are some moments you just got to walk out, even when everybody else looks at you like, I wouldn't go there if I were you. You got to do it anyhow. There's some moments where you just got to keep on praying, even though it looks like that girl will never be saved. That guy will never respond. You just got to pray on anyhow and get it in your spirit. I will never surrender. Y'all need to walk into your prayer room tomorrow morning and you need to point your finger right in the face of hell and tell them, I just felt it again last night, but I shall never surrender. I shall never surrender my post. I shall never surround not watching this thing go down I'm going to watch God work going on despite the apostle Paul went to the highly intelligently trained people in the city of Galatia they developed a great church it came up real fast and it fell down just as quick as it came highly educated people very well studied people and leaders, well spoken conference representatives. And Paul came by them a year or so later and saw, well, these people that were so smart have now suddenly caved into some really weird thinking. And he asked them, Who who bewitched you? Who what did they give you to drink? What, what, how have they tricked you into somehow backing down and turning around what you believe to be true? Who has bewitched you? What, what a letter to the church of Galatia. What a truth that it can be real easy for us because we're human to be talked out of victories that God had planned for us. You might as well tell hell you ain't talking me out of mine. You ain't talking me out of mine. Yes. I'm getting mine. Yes. And I'm going to be a part of this thing. And I may come clambering in in pieces, but I shall never surrender. Yes. Amen. Amen. And it may take a moment to get there, but I shall never surrender. I hear Paul, the prisoner, not the apostle, the prisoner. I hear Paul, the man on a death sentence, saying, Now, brethren, I'm still not what I should be. But I've taken all I've got left of my energies and I've brought it back to this one focus. I'm forgetting everything that is behind me. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ and strain to reach to that end, that great race, and that God calling me heavenward. For the Christ whom I have suffered for. One translation, he said, I hope all the mature Christians will see with me these things. And if you disagree at some point, I believe that God will make it plain to you at some point. But if you fully obey the truth as I have, you'll press. You'll move forward, never surrender. To press toward a mark means that there will be constant opposition. But you'll move anyhow. Yes. You might be surprised to know that your preacher 
doesn't always feel like coming to the pulpit. It's a shock, I know. And sometimes, if we could be transparent, it's not always a wonderful thing to have to deal with people because people are people. And so sometimes it could be really difficult to take the post, but we do anyhow. Because it doesn't have to do with people. Amen. It has to do with Him. Yes. And eternity's purpose. Yes. It doesn't have to do with situations. It has to do with ultimate God, kingdom-oriented positioning. Grow, you're not weary in well-doing. Don't back up. Don't surrender. For in due season you'll reap if you do not faint. Closing, and as I close, I want to draw reference to a character. He is not a well-known character. In the book of Joshua, the 15th chapter, and this young man, his daddy actually originally was to have a plot or a part in the promise, in possessing the promised land. But his daddy messed up. Therefore, his part and inheritance in the promised land was taken out. This young man aligns himself with the tribe of Judah. Judah meaning the praise and the glory of God. And as Judah is being sent out to possess her place in the promised land, she is met with opposition. There were battles, bloody fights as Judah was taken position. And the Bible talks about this one young man. His name is Bowen. That at one point, the scripture records... Judah was trying to take all of its turf and territory. And it met with such opposition that it looked like they could potentially lose. But somehow this young feller got in there and pushed it forward. Mind you, he has no plot or right in the promise. But he got so absorbed into Judah... He got so caught up with Judah and the praise of God, he forgot, man, my family's jacked up. I come from an awful situation. See, when you start getting involved with the things of God, no matter how messed up you are or how many times you've messed up or what kind of a family you come, if you align yourself with that which brings praise and honor to God, and you fight for it and become the champion of it, God will make you a spot where there wasn't a spot. So you got to get it in your mind. Never surrender. This young man had everything going against him. And somehow he said, if y'all ain't going to fight, I'm going to fight anyhow. And they erected a stone, a memorial there in his name. So as to say, our borderlines would have stopped 50 miles back. But here came this squirrely little feller 
who said, this isn't where it ends. This isn't how it ends. Wonder what on this Sunday evening, I wonder what would have happened before we walked in. But I feel somebody's is going to carry it about 50 miles onward to the border that God had promised us. And some miracle tonight that while we're praying, God push you into deliverance. And your mindset becomes, I shall never surrender. Some of y'all walked in here tonight, maybe with plans or thoughts, I need to reconfigure this week. Maybe some of that, maybe it's God influenced, but maybe it's not. So before you make your change, let's have a prayer meeting. All right. And let's let the Spirit of God overwhelm us tonight. Hallelujah. And let's walk into our Monday morning and say, you know what? We still believe in the miraculous. We still believe God doing what God said he would do. And it may not be comfortable or look like we thought it would look, but we still believe that and we're not backing down from it. Stand with me, if you will. And I want to invite you to come forward and we're going to have prayer together. And here's what kind of a prayer we're going to have. A never surrender kind of a prayer. Typically what happens, we pray. It's, it's, it's a traditional atmosphere. This is how it typically goes in a traditional atmosphere. We'll pray for a couple of minutes until it feels like, eh, it looks like everybody's done, and then we stop. We're not going to do that, okay? We're going to pray, and right when it feels uncomfortable, we're going to keep praying. We're going to minister to one another. And we're going to minister among that word that has been released in this house tonight. And pray that God would infuse our faith with his faith. And give us eyes to see and a heart to receive what he has promised that he would do in us and with us. With your hands lifted. Father, tonight this is your people. Father, tonight this is your word. These are your precious, exceeding promises that you have given to us. And Lord, you know every household, you know every situation, you are acquainted intimately in every mind, every battle, every heart, every thought. You are intimately acquainted tonight. So your voice went out tonight to intimately speak into these atmospheres individually. God, I believe tonight as the word has gone forward that you sent it and you brought healing right now. You've sent it and you brought faith right now. So, Lord, I'm asking you, Father, by the power of heaven, by the power of the shed blood of Calvary, that you right now would put a never surrender into somebody's mouth right now and they would begin to pray like that. That you would put a never surrender into somebody's spirit right now and they would begin to worship like that. You would put a never surrender into somebody's family and they would begin to embrace the promise and the call of God. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God, tonight we release it. As you're praying right now, pray with somebody that's near you. 
as we're praying together right now, we declare it, we believe it, we receive it. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.